you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. The Around the NFL podcast. Ready to start to take command. <laughs> yeah, we are. From the Chris Wesley podcast studio, it's Around the NFL. I'm Dan Hansis, joined by heroes, Greg Rosenthal, Mark Sessler. It is the week six preview. And Greg, you're not going to believe what I'm about to tell you, but man, it goes fast. <laughs> <laughs> it keeps moving. We're on the wheel. I really enjoy um, that. You know, I'm uh, ready to uh, go ahead and uh, maybe take command. Yeah. But I like. I think we've maybe hit that drop harder, and my enjoyment has uh-huh. been higher with that drop um, compared to what the listeners actually like than almost any drop. It in escalates. Recent it's, why is it getting yeah. I don't know if the you. listeners are really on board with this, but I enjoy it. Why, why would you claim to know what where the listeners know. are coming from? I don't from hear any pop sound from it. I don't hear it's any also, pop. It's interesting, also, <laughs> it's interesting to me that sometimes you'll hear the listeners be like, oh, we like this, or we don't like this. And it is important, and I say this with all due respect, sometimes listeners and viewers don't care. <laughs> if I like it or we like it, then that's good for the show. How would you rank our apathy toward the listener between the three of us in terms of their opinions of show-to-show dynamics and machinations? Oh. Who would be the most interested? Probably Mark. you. I mean, so and the least interested would be Greg. Right. You're su- you hover would, in the middle. Yeah, I would say that's probably closer to you than Greg. But I'm interested, yeah. but where I'm coming from is what you just said, that uh, our instincts ah! of what we enjoy has served us well. And that, right. you got to trust A little bit of compass. a navel-gazing start to today's program. Yeah, sorry about that. All right. Well, Let's more... preview football games. <laughs> I had more analysis to that, but I somewhat agree with where you're coming from. Uh, and I have something to share. Uh, 32 teams, four teams on by Lions, Raiders, Texans, Titans. Means 28 teams divided by two, 14 games. We already previewed Thursday night football. So minus one <laughs> equals 13 games to talk about. Mm. First bye week. Just Math kick, guy's back. Nailed it. Kick up the feet. We're chilling. <sighs> it's nice. It's nice. Mr. Uh, Calculator over there. A few different, uh, yeah, you know, a few less games means more eyes on Sunday and beyond. But before we get to all the 
early and afternoon games. Let's start, as we always do, with the primetime affairs. And, oh, man, Sunday night football. Banger alert. How many years on this podcast have we complained about the NFC East getting undue love in primetime? And uh, we were right many of those years. It hasn't always been so hot in the NFC East during the ATN era, ATN era 2013 to present, more navel-gazing. But now... But now the NFC East is hot. A 5-0 team, two 4-1 teams, and the te- ironically, the team that was ready to take command has not taken command. Here are the two teams at the top. Giants are in the mix also. The 5-0 Eagles, the 4-1 Cowboys. I think what I meant to say there is these are what I think people believe to be the two best teams in this division. The Cowboys already beat the Giants in New York or New Jersey, I should say, but now they get the Eagles a chance to knock off the final undefeated team in the league, Mark. And the Eagles, I'll, I'll start the conversation this way. All the credit in the world, because every they've checked the box on every type of win to start the season. But the last two weeks, I start to feel like maybe this team is about due now for that first L. Ooh. So I'll start the conversation thusly and throw it to you. I guess you're pointing to the Cowboys defense as uh, a unit that somehow uh, you know, can dominate the Eagles on offense. I don't know if that's going to be so easy. Cause I, I, Not the, exactly what I was saying. Okay. What I meant was the last two wins against Jacksonville and against Arizona were not the dominating efforts that we've seen. And it just feels like where the Eagles are right now, it would not stun me if this was the week against a, a Cowboys team that's playing very well. What it tells me, though, is that the Eagles' offense is versatile because one of the, one of the games you're pointing to, they ran the ball for 200 plus yards. Last week there was very few explosive plays against the Cardinals. It was a lot of screen heavy, short passing. Um, they got those two early drives where they punched in with Jalen Hurts as one of the best short runners there is right now. I mean, it's totally money in the bank. I think their quarterback makes them highly versatile. I think the way that they can attack in some games with their explosive wide receivers makes them that way. And they have a ground game. And I actually think this offensive line. You know, the Cowboys defense with Micah Parsons and friends, they have played the Bengals, the Giants, the Commanders, the Rams. These are teams with offensive line Ooh, issues. Some of the biggest in the league. That's a good point there, Mike. That's, that's, you, that's Mike. not the case with the Eagles. I think the Eagles line may have, a, may have a chance to not let Dallas. If you can take Dallas's defense and knock it down a peg, then it's on their offense with Cooper Rush to make up for whatever the Eagles do. I don't love that for Dallas right. as much. Since well, we've that's last a great team. point, Mark. Since we've last taped, we found out Cooper Rush will start this game. Dak Prescott, not close enough to even uh, find out during the week whether he's going to play or not. He didn't want him coming back for this game. This he needs. That's not a good yeah. showcase. <laughs> Why? It's so big, though. I, I mean, I, I because there's going to be some rust, I would imagine, and you don't want to take him rushing back a week early if you're not a hundred percent certain he's that, physically right. Yeah, that's totally fair. But if they felt like he was ready to go, this game's huge. It reminds me of. Some of the 49ers-Rams games over the last few years in that I I think the winner of this division is one of the favorites to go to the Super Bowl because I think with their schedule, they're going to have a good chance at the one seed. I think these are two of the top three or four Super Bowl contenders in the NFC anyways. I'm putting Dallas there. Danny's uh, got them down at 10 in the power rankings. I'm surprised about that. Up to 10. To me, though, I I see some teams ahead of them. They're a top six or seven team, and that's with their backup quarterback who's not playing amazing but is getting it done. But to Mark's point, this is a test. Parsons, Lawrence, and then Dorrance Armstrong and Odigizua, that's been the best defensive line in the league so far. And now 
you play an Eagles defensive line, uh, offensive line that is fantastic. So can they dominate or can the Eagles just run straight at these guys who are probably better as pass rushers and been playing with the lead? Uh, either way, it's a big test for the, this four or five. So I'll throw Dante Fowler in there. He was making some noise last week. Like they, they look really good up front, and it's a great test uh, when the Eagles have the ball. Here's my one, my one doubt with the Cowboys and why they're not higher. They're not ahead of the Packers, say, who I dropped down to eight, but you can make the case they should be at least in the top eight, the Cowboys. Um, Cooper Rush has done his job. He has six t- touchdown passes in five games, uh, and that just speaks to they have been able to play a very – extremely controlled brand of football where the defense is setting the tone and the offense is able to just do enough to get these W's and the quarterback to his credit, a backup with no experience really heading into the season has not killed them with turnovers. My concern, I would say now I said the Eagles feel like maybe they're due for a loss. My concern is Philadelphia is an explosive offense. What happens if it's 14, three in the first quarter and you now all of a sudden it's like, Hey Cooper, we need you to throw the ball 34 times. I don't think that ends well. I don't think they're a complete team. I think they can get to that spot if Dak comes back healthy, but I think rush keeps them from being like a, an elite team in my mind this point. I mean, the Cowboys lead the league in rush rate at this point. They want to run the ball to your to your point. They don't want Cooper Rush throwing the thing 14 times a quarter. And it's the opposite of what they've done. I mean, that's it. If Cooper Rush ever pulled this off, I don't care what it looks like complexion-wise, you buy him essentially a house bigger than the one Troy Aikman has on the outskirts of Dallas because I don't really care about how Seems, prolific he's been. Is that how contracts work? You just can buy houses? I was just asking them to, to, to give him that piece of property because you couldn't have asked a backup quarterback who looked terrible against the Bucks in that opener. You thought they're doomed to be where they are is about that, but it's because they also have been able to run the ball with Tony Pollard, who should see more and more. He real also should have been week. picked off a couple times last week. Cooper Rush, uh, the matchup, and you're right, he deserves a raise. He's making one million dollars this year. Uh, was on the practice squad one week. Got I mean, cut. Right. Uh, they have won matchups enough on the outside uh, with their receivers in in CD Lamb, but Dalton Schultz is a little banged up. Like Noah Brown sometimes pops up. Gallup isn't like all the way back. And they're going up against Bradbury and Slay. Big play Slay gets all the attention. He's coming off an injury. Didn't look quite himself last week. And so I'm curious to see that matchup. Maybe they'll attack him. But James Bradbury's been awesome. I, he might be the pro bowler of those two guys. Maybe they're both pro bowlers. So there's, on paper, the Eagles always look amazing, but it, it's football. And to your point, like the Cardinals, who we've gotten on for you know, being a mess, we're, we're right there with them last Cardinals, week. Cardinals like, had to find a way for that game not to go to overtime. I have to. I, I have too much respect for the Cowboys right now to lock up the Eagles, which was a strong consideration. And they're, they're barely in the lock zone, amazingly. That's how big of a favorite they are in this game. But this, I'll just this, say this. We're nobody's underdog. I'm surprised yeah, they're this Stop big of a favorite. I, I think Dan Quinn can mix up what he does on defense so well right now. And Jalen Hurts, here's one thing he hasn't done well this year. Still not doing great against the Blitz. His numbers have gone way down uh, against the Blitz in general. You mentioned the idea of Cooper Rush throwing 14 times a quarter. And that would be a lot. 56, 14. Right? Oh. oh, sorry. Didn't know it was a bit coming. Sorry. Just at w- just one moment, Greg. Just, <laughs> just, just for a second. Give me 12 seconds. Couldn't get it. That would have been really the cherry on top of my math Sunday. <laughs> Mr. Calculator would have been and on Greg fire. Had to me and all my me. friends are jerks. <laughs> Should have seen it coming. Should have seen it Let's coming. Let's move to Monday Night Football. Broncos at Chargers. Oh, my God. Are you? Are we? Are we serious? This has to be the end for the primetime, right? Serious. Park Avenue. 
What evidence did we have to be so certain about the Denver Broncos? I mean, it made sense. No, 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 no. Russell Greggy. Wilson, it's like introduced Greggy. the big new star in the, in the new place. Greggy, no one even likes Russell Wilson. It's week six. How many times have they been in primetime? At least three. It, Has it been four? Mr. Unlimited. This is five. Five what? out of six games. Greggy. Also, Wait, is that possible? It, no, that can't be possible. It gets worse because they're in reverse primetime. They're a this London Island game a couple weeks from now, and then they still have a Sunday night game. Greg, it's four out of six. Greg. That is wild. Four out of six is crazy. For a team, this is not the 1995 Cowboys here. I, and I, like many other people, thought the Broncos would be way better than they are. But to go that all in, in the first six weeks, like we're talking about Michael Irvin, Troy Aikman, and Emmett Smith. And you know with what? The, de- with, the defense you know, Jimmy Johnson. That, here's the thing. The defense has been Greg, that good, right? Hold on. But, Greg, that's Greg. translated to ho- totally. Stop, uh, that's fine. But their game has been unwatchable. Greg. Well, I'm not. Greg, the contrarian streak can, can just take a break with that, I just too. mean it makes sense. This is brutal. It totally made sense to me on paper. Then again, I am the one. Uh, I've got to know, uh, uh, go get my lunch that the Broncos will miss the playoffs. And there will be a sourced report of differences between Russell Wilson and Nathaniel Hackett. I'm feeling good about that I right now. I think, I, think every, I think everything must go in Denver except for Russell Wilson, potentially, if this keeps up. So there is a little bit of intrigue. There is car crash intrigue to the Broncos. But... So if that was the case, I would be like, all right, let's let's keep watching them on in these island games. But they just don't step up in these island games. And the big reason they don't step up, it's not just because the vibes are bad, although I don't sense they're great with the Broncos in terms of what's going on with the locker room and with Russ. Um, the offense just seems broken. And I, I don't want to dwell too much longer on um, the way the Indianapolis game hap- ended because it was a while ago now. But I just thought it was so fitting with the game on the line from the five-yard line or whatever, he's in shotgun with no motion, no anything. And it was just like everybody run their routes. And it was just like there's no imagination to this offense to me. And you see how other teams run their attacks. And it's like, man, where is the juice to this offense? That's why Hackett got but hired. Guys, guy was open. Guys were, have been open the whole season. And well, Russell Wilson doesn't see him. That's the part of it that is on Russell Wilson. Because it's kind of like a chicken or the egg thing for me. Is it the offense? Is it Russell Wilson? It's a little bit of everything. It's a perfect storm of a team that... Of poop. Even before, <laughs> even before like the play begins, they lead the league in pre-snap penalties. They have 13 drops in five games, which is outrageous at this point. Russell Wilson's not seeing the field, it's, it appears to me. He's got a banged-up shoulder. We're at the point now where Nathaniel Hackett has basically announced, we're going to, you know, one of, his, one of his calling cards was that the, the Nathaniel Hackett offense, which has just grown and grown and grown with all his experiences stops, was this vast territory and range where you could pick everything you wanted to to perfectly customize it around Russell Wilson. The opposite has happened, and Nathaniel Hackett this week basically said, we're going to take that playbook and scale it down, which is about the opposite. Ooh, not another of, scale, uh, down. scale down. Scale it was down. A scale that was a great down. trope. We should keep track I mean, of that. That, other that tells me, like, if you were going to put them on multiple primetime games, you're thinking the opposite is happening. You're thinking you're getting Truth Peyton Manning Part 2 Truth in Denver, and you're getting Peyton Manning Part 0. And with, with, with Russ, it kind of went under the radar a little bit here. Um but he got an injection in his shoulder on Friday morning. Like, there's a headline on NFL.com on Clayton Friday morning that uh, Russell Wilson undergoes a procedure on shoulder. That is not good for a, a quarterback. And his career ranks all the worst ever in completion percentage, touchdown percentage, passer rating. Um, so he's at the he's at the lowest point of his gre- career uh, production-wise. <laughs> so you would think... Here's the thing. You can only go up from here, right? And the Chargers present an opportunity 
hypothetically a team that is missing Joey Bosa, a team that has not been um, – they just came off a game they very nearly lost to the Browns, gave up 28 points. Uh, so Denver score some points because I think they should be able to against this defense, right? I, I think so. Uh, Mark, I you remembered uh... – we did have a PRP bit going yes, about that, seven years ago. On I don't this think podcast. there was a. I don't think that got capped, so maybe that still <laughs> adds PRP, to your tally. The PRP by, by PRP bit oh, is back. Right, I had to right, keep track right. of how many people are getting the PRP uh, surgery. That, if this is their fourth fi- primetime game, though, Dan, there is a maximum of five, and I do feel bad about taking away your math Sunday. That was a bad hosting. No, it's me. okay. We've moved past. Okay, it. Okay, but yeah. if there's five maximum and this is their fourth, how many? primetime games can they have left? Don't jump 12. to an answer. No, think, no, think 12. You. They have 12 opportunities <laughs> no, to play. No, that's not right. Oh, three. Uh, th- this, Fine, uh, I got there. <laughs> Although, it's kind of tricky because I Are you sure about that, by the way? It, well, they didn't it's, change those it, rules? So it's tricky. You can be assigned five. It could be five. nebulous. You can be assigned five, but then you can get an extra sixth in, on Sunday night yeah. or when they Here have those go. flexible Saturdays well, that later. Feels, that feels like it's a nebulous. less possibility at the way they're playing right, right now. Yeah, to you can get a, them into it. You again. can get a sixth added. Uh, you're right about this being a good matchup. I don't think they can stay this bad all year because I think they're too talented. He's actually been protected well enough, uh, although they Garrett, lost their left tackle. Yeah, Garrett Bowles is hurt now. Uh, the Chargers defense has issues. Last three weeks, right back to being terrible at run defense. J.C. Jackson has been a huge problem. Came back from his injury, getting cooked weekly. Probably the most disappointing free agent signing of the offseason so far. There's no reason why it should stay that way. Uh, they have a first-round pick from a couple of years ago, Kenneth Murray, really struggling. They benched Nasir Adderley, mm. uh, who was their starting safety, who had gotten some buzz in the offseason. So they're kind of springing holes here. There's not much of a pass rush other than Cleo Mack. Uh, I still like Justin Herbert in this game, but they're huge favorites. They're five or six points favorites, and that seems too rich for this Chargers team right now, who's not very explosive on offense either. They're very station to station. They have gotten the running game going, though. Mm. Do you th- Well, do you think that running game getting going had a lot to do with Cleveland's defense a week ago? I'm not sure that happened. It started a Denver. little bit the week before, too, where Eckler got it going a little, and they liked Josh Kelly. So I still take him in this game. But I, I wouldn't surprise me if Russ pulls this off. Monday night at SoFi, Harry Hansis is, you know, he's on like a Jets-Chargers torn thing. Ooh. I think I might have to try to get in that building. That'd be nice. You I might join you. Okay, you guys, why don't you come over after and we can do the Monday Night Recap together here. How about that? Actually, I have an idea. I'm going to I'm gonna go to this game, but I'm also going to lock <laughs> you guys up. I'm going to lock up the Chargers right oh, now. Oh, wow. Good for you. Good luck. In my protest of these Broncos being on primetime TV like 47 times a year. It, it's outrageous, the traffic flow situation around our facility. So, plus my son would love to see what the studio is like. So, I would absolutely join you for that MNF recap if I can get tickets. Justin, we're working on a big-time booking for Monday night. Get, get uh, Jack have, and Harry Hansen on the show, Dan, maybe? Might Who have knows? all the hands eye. Uh, all right. Let's take a break, and we'll be right back. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. 
We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. All right, here we go. It is time now for the draft. And uh, Mark Sessler, I'll tell you what. Remember before the season started when you were like a little bit perturbed because I said, all right, I'll pick first because I'm the defending champion. Then I said, Greg will pick second and you pick third. And you rightly said, oh, you know, I should have been picking second because I was the runner-up the well, season was, before. Well, that was a, a, a sharp injustice, uh, and was there was no way to well, you could no do committee it. attached. You could do to it over who is or, the last person to win the championship, and then I would be second. So, not counting me because the trophy. No, I mean saying after, like foyer, the second sitting to last, on a big marble thing. I'm ignoring everything marble. that's coming and from the third this third to last, technically too, <laughs> with a light coming down upon the trophy. Okay, uh, but <laughs> I was playing chess with this one for you, buddy, yeah. because that it, this is now lined you up for week six where A, you have the number one pick for maybe the game of the year, and B, the way the draft falls with the bye teams, you only have to draft three games. So That is nice. So so six weeks later, I get my reward based on you planning that, pre-planning that back in August. I think given the choice, he <laughs> would definitely you, try Dan, to favor you. you. <laughs> so it does make sense. No doubt, no doubt. Given the choice, uh, he would favor you. Interesting. Um, let's get Dan into it. Shout Thank out. you, Paul Rudd. All right, and with the number one pick, it's obvious. Do I even need to say it? Jaguars at Colton. All right, now we're going to go Bills at Chiefs. Mm-hmm. And how lucky we are that we don't have a Broncos situation with one of these two teams. They're exactly where we wanted them to be. I cannot believe that the Chiefs are sizable underdogs at home. Patrick Mahomes as Wait, is that uh, true? I thought it was two points. Their underdogs at all bothers okay. me. Okay. Patrick Mahomes has never lost in that situation if you're the Bills, though, obviously you're steamed about what happened a year ago. But I would say this. That has nothing to do with this game, in my opinion. You went out and made a difference. You signed Von Miller. This game, to me, revolves around the idea that you have a defense that is a difference-making defense in the AFC, a Super Bowl-level defense, that there have been injuries. It hasn't seemed to matter. And I love the idea that you've got Von Miller, 
Boogie Basham, Greg Rousseau. We saw what they did against the Rams in week one. This is your chance to disrupt Patrick Mahomes, who was not disrupted on that final drive a year ago, who was not disrupted in that game to begin with. And if you can get the defense and create havoc to some degree against the Chiefs, because it's not easy, but if you can even unsettle them for one extra drive, that could be the difference in this, because I think the offense with Josh Allen will absolutely show up against a Chiefs team, a defense right now, that I think can be toyed with to some degree. When the Bills are on, we saw what Gabe Davis did a year ago in that game. He was on fire, and we got that version of him a week ago, and so why can't that translate again with the best receiving group in the AFC? I want to cycle back quickly here to the last time these two teams played in the divisional playoffs, and uh, 25 points scored in the final two minutes of that game. I would, I will nominate that for maybe the the most thrilling two minutes of football that I've ever watched, mm. uh, given the stakes and the stars involved, and um, just how kind of thrilling it was to watch that game. So it's amazing we're getting these two teams playing. Uh, I like, I actually like it that it's in the late afternoon window. So I'm uh, assuming, unless there's another injustice here, that Tony Romo. Um, and Jim Nance are on the call. Uh, so it doesn't get more fun than that. And here's my here, – this is where I'm conflicted. So I have the Bills, number one in the power rankings. I think they're the best, most complete team playing at a elite level, obviously. They have one loss, and even that one was a little, you know, down in Miami and the swamp and the humidity and all the randomness, the way the game played out in the end. Otherwise, they've just been a dominant, wonderful team, and yet – do I ever want to pick against Patrick Mahomes? I do not. It's a total coin flip for me. I love that they also cleared out the other 4 o'clock games. So there's two at 4.05, but this is the only 4.25. This should be like the most watched game of the entire season. And if I'm a Chiefs fan, I'm a little annoyed that all these Bills injuries seem to have cleared up like just in time to play the Chiefs. Uh, like Cry Mitch, me a river. Mitch Morse is back. <laughs> Ed Oliver's back. McKenzie's back. I think Dawson Knox uh, is going to be back. These are all limited uh, participants in practice on Wednesday, but usually that means you're going to play. Jordan Poyer, who missed last week's game, is back. And, and I think that's kind of where this defense starts. Yes, the pass rush has been amazing, but this week five game a year ago where the Bills dropped a hammer on the Chiefs, and everyone started panicking about the Chiefs' offense was in all the two high-shell looks, and everyone's just backing up and making Mahomes like work his way down the field. That, To me, that started with the Bills more than anyone, and they are built to execute that game plan and built to get after him quickly. The Chiefs are a better run-blocking offensive line than they are pass-blocking. They're pretty good at both, but they're, they're on paper an elite run-blocking offensive line. And I do think if you're going to get after this Bills defense, and they don't really have any major weaknesses, that's probably the way to do it. So I want to see if Andy Reid has a little patience. Like, Jarek McKinnon helped change that game for them a week ago. Edward Solaris had some nice games. Pacheco's had some moments. I, I think it's weird to say for the Chiefs, but I feel like the Chiefs need to slow this game down slightly uh, and not get into some, like, 45 to 44 shootout. I feel, feel like the Bills are better off that way. I could see them going after Kyir Lamb. 
Uh, that said, like, I am with you. I mean, if you look at the Chiefs' offense, it, it is methodical. It has been long drives, and they found different ways, obviously, this season. Not so much wide receiver-centric, but throwing to tight ends, throwing to running backs. And I think Mahomes looks pretty comfortable in it all. And, like, you know, it, if it takes a month to kind of figure out who you are, what your identity is. The Chiefs are there. I mean, I, I think they were probably frustrated by that Raiders game. I know it wound up in their favor and everything, but that was one where I think they were tested early on, and they found found their way out of that hole. Both of these quarterbacks have overcome 17-point deficits this season. So if something mm. gets haywire early, I trust these offenses to work their way out of it. Yeah, 17-point leads aren't what they used to be, but especially when you're facing quarterbacks at this level. And, you know, let's pick this game before we move on. I Oh, no. I think this is absolutely total up-for-grabs pick. I do like the revenge factor a little bit here for, um, for the Bills because that is one of the more – painful defeats you will ever see in the playoffs, the way things ended uh, on that same field. And I think they're going to be so focused and fired up, and Josh Allen is going to go off, that even the great Mahomes, and now I even say this, I said never bet against Patrick Mahomes primetime. But you're, 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 but you're, it's not primetime. Right. It's a 425 <laughs> kick. You're right. So let me say I got the Bills in another great game, 35-31. I took the Chiefs. This was uh, one of the picks on my uh, game picks column that I struggled with the most because I, I do think the Bills are better, but we know how it works. Like That doesn't necessarily mean they're going to win this week. I, I had Mahomes winning the MVP before the season. This feels like an MVP off. I mean, these are the two best quarterbacks in the league. They'd be my top two for MVP so far. It's It's really early, but they're also doing things at a higher level than we've almost ever seen at the position. So I, I think Mahomes pulls out a magical one. I like how Greg points to his own yeah. picks column well, I gotta and think- says that that result isn't necessarily how it will go because it's possible that real life will trump Greg's No, I picks was saying like, I degree. think the kind Bills a are a better move though. Yeah, you know, sure. He's, he's- I was saying the Bills are a better team, but right. real life, it, like the better team doesn't, like even though I think they're a better team, I'm going to pick Fittingly the Chiefs. for Greg, he has hedged his bet. Yeah, I don't feel good about this at all. But I don't like picking against Mahomes as an underdog at home. Feels I don't wrong. I don't either, but I think that we're so focused on the fact that he's 7-0 and 1 against the spread as an underdog that it's like that number feels like it's bound to get boinked at some point here. And I think the Bills are the more complete team. I love their defense. I think they're improved from where they were a year ago on that side of the ball particularly. What's your pick? In this matchup, I'm going to go <laughs> Bills 33-30 in overtime. All right, uh, let's check in with You're the Cincinnati Zoo. You're all waxing up poetic about your pick for five minutes, so I will too. Cincinnati Zoo. Hey, heroes. It's Nick here again. I really embarrassed myself last week. Oh, yeah, you did. Jeez. I got too big for the team. It's in a dark place. I mean, who wouldn't? <laughs> Suddenly I'm on NFL Network and UK Sports. Looking like a robber. International fame really got to my head. UK Sports? What is I that? I was bigger than the team. <laughs> but I'm back this week. I've been trying to make it up to my brothers. They won't answer my texts, calls. They won't even participate in the locks competition anymore. <laughs> I really had to do some digging, so... <laughs> I decided to live on the streets for a few days. Got back from Baltimore after a disappointment. How'd that go? The Ravens beating the Bengals. I just head straight for the streets. It's dark. It's cold. I'm trying to figure things out. One thing I know is my brothers, they don't wimp out. They don't say, hey, take the easy way out. So I'm going to do what I think they're doing. They're thinking, 
And you go to the Bills and the Chiefs. God, it's cold out here. I don't know. This is a tough one. <laughs> Let's try to wrap this segment up. Three in the league. <laughs> Hard to bet against Patrick Mahomes, but I, I think the Bills are going to pull it off. Okay. This one's for okay. my brothers. The Bills. Take care of business. Lock it up. Wow. When, when did Terrence Malick start directing the Nick uh, Lock of the Week scenarios can, here? Can we, uh, Gravedigger, can you check in a second here? Hi. Oh, well, forgot something. Great there. Your mic was on. What? Oh, hey, what's oh, up? Oh, hey. Um, this is where the producer's not always, it's not always Glory Boy stuff. Yeah. It, it's getting a little long, huh? No, I was going to say if there's a way to nicely say, hey, can we just like land it, bring it in for a landing within 60 seconds? That would be helpful. Copy that. Um, but also, I do, <laughs> I do like the. Uh, Nick was probably in high school. He was like, oh, I'd never join the drama club. You know, that's for the wimps and right, the geeks. Sure. And now in middle age, he's 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 kind of leaning into the artistic side of him. Yeah. And I like that. So oh, I'm kind of torn it. a little bit. All I can think when I'm watching that is how much Chris would get a kick out of it. He would love Nick's star turn. And he found Nick to be, um, you know, rightly, like the funniest person in his He's life. grown as a thespian, as Wes did. Wes initially oh. was like, I don't want to do these skits. But then he started to become more and more skit- Wes uh, was initially on camera stiffer than a two by four. And then by the end, like he was a master of the craft. A master. Yeah. Pick a, sta- two. a stage man. Let's pick up the pace here ourselves, by the way. The bloviation is off the charts. I mean, that's the game of the year, so they deserved it. Uh, pick two, the old Zeuser. And I ain't feeling bad about it. Jets at Packers from Lambeau Field. Two, three, and two teams. And I understand. I get it. People don't want don't want to see me get hurt and don't get too excited about the Jets. Uh, and I get that because you look at the Jets wins and it's a um, miracle against Cleveland, a near miracle against Pittsburgh. And then you beat up on a pretty decimated Miami team uh, in the fourth quarter of that game. So, yes, you could look at it that way. But then you have to understand the optimism right now around this organization is so different because they have so many great young players now on both sides of the ball. And once you get a big win like they did at home, that 40-17 win, you start to believe in yourself and you start to think that you could be that team. And that's why this is such a perfectly timed trip to Lambeau Field because it's such a great heat check for where the Jets are as that team. When you're trying to figure out at the beginning of the season, who is the team like in the power rankings that's in 25 to 32 that could actually make noise and all of a sudden surprise people? The Jets have emerged as potentially one of those teams, but you need to show something here. So I see this game going in one of two directions, boys. Direction one. Knowing the full picture of the Jets and not just looking at the record and some of the highlights, which have been impressive, uh, is the Green Bay is a better team with a better roster at home, probably ticked off about how things went in London. And it's 14 nothing midway through uh, the first quarter and the Jets end up losing and losing big. That is absolutely something I could see happen. But there's another path here where the Jets playing confident, playing loose and Green Bay not quite in a good place right now, not quite figured out who they are, what they're doing are in yet another close game with a team that they're quote unquote better than. And all of a sudden it's the fourth quarter and the jets have a chance to make a major statement. Yeah. I'm not that convinced the Packers are that much better than them. I don't, I totally don't get why they were a, a touchdown favorite. I think the Packers have been mediocre so far. The offense is there, but if you just look at pure talent, the jets to me are competitive 
with the Packers, which is crazy, but I think this is a pretty talented Jets roster. My huge question coming into the year was just Zach Wilson. If Zach Wilson is average, then this team, uh, if the pickups you know, execute like we hope and the draft class is good, and, and so far it really looks like both are happening. Carl Lawson's coming off a big game too. It was like adding a new player then this is a really talented team. And so far, Zach Wilson has played the best two-game stretch of his career. I was impressed with what he did a week ago. I know they didn't ask him to win the game for him, but he's just doing little things like changing the plays before the snap into the right call and just doing things that he just was not doing uh, a year ago. And there's a couple throws each game where he makes an opposite hash throw with anticipation. Just sh- It just shows he's matured. And if he's okay, to me, these two teams are pretty even. And I would say it should be a one score game at the end. I, I'm totally with you on this. I think it, it, if you're Green Bay, there is a scenario where you essentially woke up the New York Giants and their fan base. You could do it with the Jets one week later. I love the idea of back-to-back slidings against two New York teams that were moribund for so long. Well, you, you've long hated the Packers, so this makes I don't, sense. It's, I just see it. I see a doorway for the Jets at, for a watershed moment because I do think the number one, the young talent, is here, and it's playing well. And I love the idea of Sauce Gardner, DJ Reed, Jordan Whitehead, this secondary under Robert Sala, confusing a Green Bay passing attack that really did not answer the bell a week ago against the Giants. I think about the 14-place, 69-yard drive they had that ended in zero points when it was 2020, and the and the Packers got the ball back with the heat on them. They were agitated then, like they will be this week. They went three and out. It was 27-20, to 20, and Aaron Rodgers has two key passes on third and fourth down with the game on the line, tipped and die. Um, any top 10 list of uh, rookies, like rookie of the year watch right now, should have Sauce Gardner on it. Um, absolutely should have Garrett Wilson on it. And Brees Hall, after coming off that breakup game, maybe he should be on the list too. Can't they run the ball in this Packers defense? They can, but also here's the, here's where the Packers win this game. They run the ball on the Jets. Raheem Mostert cut through the Jets, even though they had a third-string quarterback on the field, uh, Miami did. And now you have Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. So maybe, maybe this is the time where Green Bay says, I know we have Aaron Rodgers, uh, but this should be a game where we run the ball a lot and take it to the Jets that way and grind out a win. So I, I could see, like I said, both outcomes. Um, and I just want to say one more thing. Elijah Vera Tucker, I talked about him last week that they moved him to left tackle in an emergency emergency scenario and he performed well. They shifted him over to right tackle last week and he gave up uh, no pressures in 26 sack Wilson three positions. attempts. They want to keep him there. He it's like a is, high school player. That's crazy. He is part of the reason they traded up for him to get an interior lineman and there was some pushback at the time was because he has versatility. It's amazing. And now Dwayne Brown's back at left tackle. So this is an interesting time in Jets history. Uh, We'll see how they play. Well, I've always uh, brought up the point that the Patriots were supposedly taking Vera Tucker, and they ended up with Mac Jones. Anyway, you know, but they would have taken Vera Tucker. That's Sliding what the Jets, doors, at man. Least, the Jets believed, and there was other reporting that people believed the Pac- Patriots were going to take them there. That's why they traded up. It's a sliding doors moment. Guys are wide open on this offense. That's the thing. They really remind me of the 49ers offense, the Jets. And that's the Makes thing. Makes sense given it's the like, offensive coordinator. Right, and yeah. it's like imagine if Jimmy Garoppolo could actually hit a deep out. 
or hit some sideline throws. It shouldn't be that. It hasn't been that hard for Zach Wilson. Guys are. I've seen more open guys in two Zach Wilson games than Justin Herbert's had all season. Just like guys are wide open. Speaking of Wes, I would love to hear Wes talking about the Jets and see what he thinks about this team right now. This is a flower on flower game. Lafleur versus Lafleur. Ooh, Ooh yeah, you, know, you usually good, don't see flower point. violence. No. <laughs> all right, Greg, you're up. All right, I'm gonna take uh, the Patriots and the Browns. Having uh, flower is peace. Yes. Typically, but Typically. in this case, it's not. It's anti-peace. Yeah, which I like. Not always, but in this case, I like it. Uh, <laughs> go ahead, sorry. It's okay. These two teams intrigue me now. <laughs> the Patriots have been feisty. They're kind of winning me over here. Feisty. Uh, I like this matchup because I think it's so... Not spicy. ...vital for both of these teams. No, they're more feisty, I think. Yeah, I think they are feisty. I think they're, well, frisky to feisty. Like I said, I think everyone from Massachusetts, we're, we're, yeah, no, we're a feisty no, gotcha. people. We're a feisty people. And I think this is a self-proclaimed tricky sure. matchup for the Browns. Because I think the Browns look at this and they think they're the better team, especially if Bailey Zappi is at quarterback. We don't know for sure. It sounds more likely than not it's Bailey Zappi, uh, but we won't know. But the Patriots, you know, see what the Browns have done running the ball and they haven't been a great run defense until a week ago where it was against a very similar sort of power running attack in Detroit and held up very well. I think they're a well-coached defense, and they're going to believe that they, they can get off the bus running against Cleveland. And they will miss Damian Harris, who's a really good player. But Ramondre Stevenson is just as good, and I think he can handle uh, the load being like the main guy. And they're going to believe that they can kind of play this game on their terms. Belichick smoked Stefanski a year ago. They won that game 45-7. to It was a little fluky, but it's still, uh, I think he's going to feel confident that he can get enough stops and go win another ugly game. I think Belichick loves this setup because it's really just like, we're going to go at your biggest weakness. Just like you said, the Browns 32nd overall in defensive run DVOA. They don't, they're probably 5-0 and if they can stop the run. I mean, that game last week against the Chargers got totally out of hand. They were completely overpowered and overmanned. They can't tackle. Like, they're, that's... They had eight, they're, they're, there's all these cutaways from Browns practice this week where they're like, now we're putting a special emphasis on tackling. Well, here's a difference because the Browns also are going against a New England defense that's not been great against the run. But the Patriots so are one of the best. You're so the Browns. I understand it. I'm not, I, I think they should be annoyed with themselves. <laughs> Because oh, I, sure I, wonder, I wonder if Stefanski, I, I, I don't know if 45 to 7 can really be a fluke. I know what you're saying, but it's they like. They just were some special teams players. They just got that, stamped. Though. It was a crazy They game. got stamped. And like Cleveland, I think in little moments, coaching has been an issue. They've done a nice job overall coaching the offense, coaching Jacoby Bissett. But there's little moments where it's like, I wonder if some better game day coaching, you're not looking at some of these breakdowns. Oh, look at you, bro. Don't, don't, how about close a game, Cleveland? How about this? How about close this? a game. How about this? While we're giving out unsolicited advice to the Browns, how about 35 carries in this game? How about we give ten, 25 to Chubb or 27 to Chubb and 8 to 10 uh, to Kareem Hunt and win the game that way because the Patriots – are nobody's superpower anymore. They can be defeated. Uh, Jacoby Brissett's been very good, but mistake-prone. Try to control the game at the line of scrimmage, because guess what? Like, Belichick knows Brissett. He drafted Brissett, and if you want to see what happens with Bill Belichick planning for to attack Brissett's weaknesses, and you want to have him throw 30 more times this week, or whatever it was... With Matt Judon coming at him? You're asking for a lot of trouble. So, you have the best running back, or the second best, in the league right now in Nick Chubb. Use him... 
Use him. And then when Deshaun Watson's back in a month and a half or whatever, you could start finding some more balance. That's been annoying to me all season I mean, about the Browns. Yeah, but it, I hear you. But they have been pretty run heavy. And Brissett's been amazing. He's really, they should be the most run heavy team in football. I know right? they are. They are the, are they? the number right. one rushing they're, they're team. They're they, I think that some, some of that was situational last his, week too. But. His efficiency numbers, I know he has those killer interceptions. But for the most part, he's wake. I saw some article like saying like, uh, this is what happens when you start Jacoby Brissett. He is excited. Exceeded every expectation possible. He's been a, a better than average starting quarterback. Their passing game has been like top five or six efficiency. Like he's had some killer mistakes, but he's having killer mistakes in 33 to 30 games where you have to score at the end. Like that's not on Jacoby Brissett. But to your point, I do think Belichick will make him hold the ball. That's his kryptonite. He sometimes gets a little cautious and 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 wants to hold the ball forever, and then bad things happen. I, if you, if someone told you that we'd be in week six and Jacoby Brissett had thrown, started every game and thrown three interceptions total, unlocked David Njoku, played really well with Amari Cooper, and the, they had the number one running game, you'd think things were fine. It's just that those three interceptions right, he's playing have been just so as, magnetically problematic. He's been playing as well or better than Baker did two years ago during, during Baker's best season. I also think the Patriots are finding out who they are. They're starting to condense, I think, some of the playing rotations and uh, Tyquan Thornton, their draft picks coming in here. I think they might get Aguilar off the field. They're condensing it. I think they're figuring out who they are. Greggy. It has been the fall of Greggy with some yeah. of your great Geno Smith related and Russell Wilson related predictions. But how many times did I say this summer, just don't worry about the Patriots. The Patriots will figure it out. Might take a few weeks. But they're we'll going to figure it out. They got a yeah. That was a, you were a seer on that front. Absolutely, you were. They've been there fine. were a lot of doubts about been Bill pretty... Belichick and the coaching staff, but they look like a pretty well coached team coming off the twenty nine nothing win in week five. Um, and to the point, so here we go. The Browns one hundred and eighty attempts this season. That's second in the league behind the Eagles. The Giants a fairly distant third at one sixty five. I guess my point is. Should be even more. You should be far and away number one rushing team in the league. But all right, hold on. Because like, guess what? Eagles is Jalen Hurts, and you got Jalen Hurts' attempts involved there versus but Jacoby Brissett. I'm just saying, like, they average 5.3 yards per carry. The Browns. I just think every like criticizing anything offensively for them is beside the point. They're so well coached offensive line. Injoku's getting going. Amari Cooper looks incredible. Their defense has been a tire fire. They can't tackle and they're confused. They they you could Greggy, make an argument they're the worst Greggy. coached defense in the NFL. That's all. It's to me it's all. I'm defense. talking. I'm so. talking. The more you run, the more you can control the game. You keep your defense so you don't trust okay. off the field. I don't know. They oh, have a hold one thing though. Yes. Only Derek. Henry has more attempts than Chubb. He should have more than okay, anyone else. I, I mean, so there's, there's, there'd also, be no sating you on this also, topic. I understand. Well, but I'm like, trying to express, and I, I know I'm getting a lot of pushback, that you have two of the best running backs in the league. Use them more and more and try to control the game that way. Don't hate the idea. I mean, when they've been doing that, they've That's been all. successful. All right. Let's take a break and we move on. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, 
elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to point game. King of the court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. All right, Greggy, the draft snakes back to you. Yo, this is a great 10 a.m. slate. I feel like I have so many good options. I'm going to take uh, the Kyle Shanahan goes back to Atlanta revenge game. Might be a surprising <laughs> pick, but I find them frisky. I haven't watched either of these teams Wait, did live. You say revenge? Does revenge he... on the Falcons? <laughs> yeah, because he got blamed for uh, you know that that Super Bowl. Well, it was a sad moment. It's a bit for of a everyone. stretch. Did the Falcons blame him? For no, him? no. I just got a job I, off. I it. guess revenge is the wrong <laughs> word. I just was trying to connect two. If you just storylines, and it yeah. didn't really make sense. This Falcons team is fun to watch. Each and every week, they're in the game at the end. I think they will find a way to make this game interesting. I think it's a tricky spot for San Francisco. They keep doing this thing every year where they go east, and then in their first game of a two-game road trip, everyone gets hurt, and then they hang out in West Virginia uh, Mm -hmm. for a week, and then they go to that second game, and they're like missing a lot of the great players that they had the first game. They might be missing Nick Bosa this week, and... I think they've been getting better offensively, but this is one team, the Falcons, that actually could run the ball against them. It's the number two team in rushing versus the number one rush defense, and I think the Falcons will stay patient with it, and I think they'll make this an ugly sort of game that is fun to watch. I mean, they don't have Cordero Patterson, which is a big reason they were that that rushing team, but Tyler Algier, the rest of those guys, like that's just sort of who they are. And Mariota, who has the, you know, the third lowest completion percentage in the league. You don't want him throwing the ball left and right because he's been mistake prone too in terms of turning the ball over. I, I think he's throwing the ball well though in general, but if they could control the ground mm. game, he's that 21 would be... for 44 the last two weeks. That's a little, I, but I'm, that's I'm how they got into Desmond like, Ritter they got almost. into that hole against oh. the bucks because of that. And I think you're right. I think we could see Ritter at some point here, oh. but you are talking about a Niners defense that I know they're banged up with no boast. So that'd be a big thing. They haven't allowed anyone to score over 20 points. And so the Falcons have, you know, found a way to score points week after week. They have been spicy. I find them super fun to watch. Um, a lot of weird things seem to happen to them that keep them in games, but the Niners, to me, is this is the defense where they come into and they might be dealing with a wall. The one way they got in last week was that the, the Bucks offense went to sleep for like four straight drives and gave the Falcons a way back in. Is that going to happen with this Niners okay, offense? So quickly, because sometimes we just say, oh, they're banged up. Uh, here is who missed practice uh, on Wednesday. Arik Armstead, Samson Ebicom, 
Nick Bosa. So that's three of their starting uh, defensive linemen. I think Kinlaw might be on injured reserve. No, he didn't practice either. So their original starting defensive line is literally all out. They lost Mosley for the season this week, who's been good. They still don't have Trent Williams at left tackle. Jimmy Ward, their safety broke his hand. We don't know if he's going to play. Their kicker's out. Like, it's just a lot. They're not that same defense is kind of my point right now. They're going to stitch it together, and they'll probably be better than average, but I, I think it's a, too much to expect I'm, I'm tr- to miss your entire defensive line. In I'm your, with in you, your... but don't, doesn't it feel like every season with every Niners team, there's always like 18 guys injured, sure. and it doesn't seem to change the result? I know that's sure. not very logical, but it just seems to be their aura. Good aura around that team. Dan, can we interest you in discussing this game? <laughs> no. In fact, I'm ready to move on to the next pick. It will be uh, the... Ah, let's go New York, New York. Let's go Baltimore Ravens traveling to the Meadowlands to face the G-Men. You two are killing me, by the way. You've each taken the game that I want in successive turns. Always the best. And I'm texting with our producer, and he's going Always the best. Never, Never better when that happens, whether it's in a fantasy draft or right here. Or in life, when you get something right before someone else wants it, whether it's a job or a girl or whatever, it's even better. So now I take that from Mark, and I celebrate with discussion. The Baltimore Ravens, 3-2. and two. I think this is a, a game the Ravens should win. In fact, I'm so certain they're going to win, I'm locking it up. I feel Baltimore is a, a team, even with two bad losses, um, will go on the road and take care of business here. Wow, after you've gotten on me for being anti-Giants for so long, you're literally locking against them. As yeah, a I think you'd like the spotlight to shine on just one New York team this weekend. Mm. Sure. Uh, that's well, the one Yankees way to look at it. it too. They, yeah. they got a big game tonight. You know. They do. They do, weather permitting. Um, <laughs> the, the Ravens are a team <laughs> I really <laughs> like. I, I think the Ravens are going to be um, – there's a good chance they're playing very deep into January, in my opinion. And these two bumps in the road are, uh, that they've had, they'll figure out. I, I love the, the gumption. I think the Ravens are a team that is are going to be a handful for the Giants. And I really do like how the um, Giants have played to the best, to the highest level of their out- potential outcomes. I feel like they're really playing... And that's coaching, and that's all that. But I also think they're still a limited team. I was thinking about we were talking about um, feisty, spicy, frisky. I think the Giants are scrappy. I think that's what the Giants are. That works. And, and that's and you know that's could be seen as a backhanded compliment. Um, but because they're so scrappy, I think they're going to make this a close game, like they've made every other game this season a close game. But in the end, I think the uh, the idea of Lamar Jackson getting stymied here by Wink, Mark and De- Wink Martindale, I don't see it happening. I think the Ravens are going to score enough points uh, to really put the pressure on the Giants to do something non-Saquon related and make some big plays in their passing game, and I'm just not ready to go there. So I'm locking up those Ravens. Wow. I um... – Look at this game, and I, too, put in a lock on it. And I got to say, uh, I don't feel great now, not only because we're together. So oh, I, the, I, I, I was going to say, up. the only thing better than taking someone else's game is locking something up before Greg, and then he has to live with that He's, pain. He cannot that, deal I, with it mentally. I truly may pivot off of it if I could think, because what's the point of but locking you never the do. same? You always say that, but I, you I never do. Well, here's the thing. I believe it in the moment, and then I completely forget about it, and then the games kick off. <laughs> you know, that's what happens. 
I maybe you lost the eye of the tiger, which is why you don't have the trophy in your foyer sitting absolutely. on a marble pillar. A lot of second guessing. We're struggling with like the red lights around it to keep the security. So one reason though I safe. don't feel as good is is the Giants are getting healthier this week. It it's Ori Jackson who left that game last week is back at practice and he's vital. Uh, for that secondary. Wandale Robinson might return. Leonard Williams, their best defensive lineman, uh, might return in this game too. So that, that's all really positive. Darnay Holmes, who, who gets um, pumped up on the sideline. We saw that video. I don't know if you... You, you, you know, I, I hadn't mentioned it just because it felt kind of mean to that dude uh, because okay. it looks so bad. I just saw Darnay uh, Holmes' name on the injury report <laughs> and I was like, oh, there's that guy. Well, not bad, depending on how you view it. And might look awesome. Uh Rashad point, Bateman, point of view. Rashad <laughs> Bateman needs, did not needs. return to practice. And to me, that's a really key injury for the Ravens. Because without Bateman, all you have is Duvernay out wide. And you're really testing the bounds of how, how good a passing game can be without quality wide receivers. So he's someone I'm going to be watching closely in the, on the injury report. I think we saw some of that against the Bengals on right. Sunday night. And, and Lamar, you know, really put that game on his back with his legs at the end, which is something he can still do. He can do it against this... Better than expected Giants defense. I think Wink Martindale has practiced against Lamar Jackson like 7,000 times, so knows him well. But I do wonder, because the one thing that I took away from the Giants' effort last week, I know people just keep calling them the worst 3-1 team ever, the worst 4-1 team ever. And it's like, I don't know what they'll need to do to get anyone's respect. I think if they won this game, you'd do it. But here's what happened against Green Bay. When they are giving you three drives in a row of 10-plus plays, and then they're cutting to Packers players who are winded on one knee and cannot handle what's going on in London, and now you're talking about a Ravens defense that is good, but they are 26 against the run in DVOA. So if you get Saquon, and if Daniel Jones' ankle is one week healthy, and you get him on the ground. He's one of the most productive quarterbacks on the ground we have in the league right now. I like the idea of them keeping this close and doing a little bit of New York magic. I'm just in to well, the whole. Well, you picked them to win, not to keep it close. Because I only know that because you retweeted it. You were so proud so, of it. So uh, this is our league picks, but I, I'm the only one that picked the Jets in that little conglomerate of people and the so only that one that well. picked the Giants. So I'm trying it's to throw on some in New York spirit. City. Yeah, exactly. We we grew up with WFAN. Do you know they be loving this. The Ravens are three and two, despite this from the media research, uh, despite trailing for only 11 minutes and 15 seconds this year. They're the you want to talk about who's the worst four and one team? The Ravens are the best three and two team in the league, and they're going to show it here. They lost I Marcus believe. Williams uh, to injured reserve. Their you know guy who's does that really... help the Giants a whole lot? I mean, I don't know if they can. I, it helps, but I don't know if their offense is like. I mean, going to take advantage of it that way. May, maybe not, but he's been good for them coming off the Saints. And I, I am curious when it, you, you've had a defensive coordinator that's practiced against a guy for four years. And Wink Martindale was not happy when he got fired. Mm-hmm. People thought it was very now surprising. That's a revenge game. That's a tr- yes. This is a true revenge game. I am curious to see the approach he takes against Lamar because it, whether it works or not, this is a guy who has more information than just about anyone. So we'll see I what think he that thinks. that matters. That's, that's spicy. Lamar's been good against the Blitz this year. It's a, it's a Blitz-heavy team. So we'll see if, if he does that. And uh, final thoughts here. The, before um, we talked about it Sunday night, the, the last-second win over the Bengals for Baltimore, they interviewed Justin Tucker after the game. And uh, I think if you haven't heard this, you're going to want to hear Justin Tucker discussing the mechanics of what makes greatness uh, who, by the way, before we listen to the sound, remember we talked about it Sunday night. Justin Tucker doesn't just split the uprights. Uh, doesn't just make a kick. He splits the uprights almost literally. <laughs> they had a story out, uh, Next Gen Stats, that he would have made that kick if the uprights were 18 inches apart. 
<laughs> he, like, quite literally split the uprights. All right, here's Justin Tucker <laughs> discussing the game winner on Sunday night. I mean, I love it and I hate it and everything in between. It's, uh, you know, I, I'd be lying to you if I said well, every time I go out there, I'm not just a little bit nervous. You know, I'm not thinking about, you know, worst case scenario, but it's really important to me and to us to take, you know, those 1.3 seconds between the snap, the hold and the kick and just focus on the nuts and bolts of what's going to make the kick. And my feelings don't matter. What matters is seeing the ball snapped with 12 o'clock laces from Nick Moore, seeing the ball spotted cleanly from Jordan Stout, his first career game winning hold. And then uh, from there, I'm just game a system hold. kicker. The ball kicks itself at that point. Uh, and all, all we're itself. really thinking about is those things that are going to make the kick. All the feelings and stuff, we can enjoy them after the fact you could blast my family off into outer space with justin tucker and i'd be like we're fine he's a tactician listen to that dude yeah they say you know i know it's like it's not cool to say <laughs> Wait, that what what about your family no i'm saying i would you'd trust feel safe. him you'd feel in safe the most, with him running the show yeah okay. terrifying scenario to me that i just thought of outside yeah. of something but you're not gonna Earth. see them again no they'll come back because justin's, justin's a good there. looking guy and what, what are you yeah, saying? I'm just saying after a while, they're in space. What are you going to do? There could be other problems. He's the new daddy. What is this? Your, like, your, your fantasy novels you're I writing? Thought, I thought they were going to space Wait. forever. They're not coming back. I didn't understand. I mean, you set the yeah. template yeah. for the fantasy I mean, novel. But what, I'm just saying if you truly like love her and you love them, you're going to have to you know, give them away. It's like give the them paperback away. novels they sell in the back of the drugstore. Well, are you being kept on Earth simply because you're a Dan's football Dan's wife in space podcaster? with Justin Tucker. Are you being kept on Earth to podcast versus going with your family into space? I'm just saying if you get to chapter three yet in the story. If 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 you can't ever see them again, if you truly love them, I think you have to let it go. Then I'm going to change it. I'm sending your wife into space. (laughs) It's my book. Check you later, Amica. You're going into space. Everything's terrible. But you get to keep the kids. (laughs) All right. let's, uh, Let's move on. I just love Justin Tucker. Like even the celebration there. I want to be cake. just it would be great to feel what he feels in that 1.3 seconds. Like he is living. He is pure living <laughs> in those 1.3 seconds. You know what I'm saying? There is nothing else bothering him. He is just like is he, he he is like at his absolute peak. This sounds like he might be a good focus of our uh, our new segment Daddy or Zaddy. I think I know where I'm going with that answer. Um all I mean, right. he's flying into space with your family, so Mark, you got two picks. I, I almost would have picked this in another week, number one. Um, it really intrigues me. Bengals at Saints. This is a, There is a lot going on here because, first of all, I think whoever loses this, assuming they don't tie, um, if the Bengals start two and four, then last year's magic carpet ride uh, is fully out of gas at this point. I mean, and, and they've... The they've, carpet runs on petrol? I believe so. Of a special type of petrol in, this, in my space novel. <laughs> How about that? Sure. Uh, but you talked about the Ravens, like the way that they've lost games. Since these three losses have all come on the final play of the game, oh. through five weeks, that's never happened to a team in the history of the NFL. Wow. So it's it's been a strange season wow. for them. That's good. The, the God, they sort of traded la- the way last year ended for this. You're right. Except for the Super Bowl. You're right. Yeah, like, same for the game that mattered most. <laughs> yes, but, uh, yes, yes. I, I just see a team grinding <laughs> through their issues. You know, it's like uh, they. I feel like you're still in a situation where you can – Teams probably think they can hang back, play their cover two, and basically challenge the Bengals' ground game to awaken, which it did a little bit on Sunday night against the Ravens. But it's not the way it needs to be yet. 
And I mean, Burrow, I think the sack situation, it's it, he's been a little bit better protected, but the big plays are just not there consistently the way they were a week, a year ago. And so I don't know how the Saints will approach us on defense. I mean, flip side, I just cannot believe what happened with Taysom Hill a week ago. Is that sustainable? Was that an aberration? I mean, I know that they're going to use him again and, yes. and again and again. And it's like, why not, if you're talking about Nick Chubb, just use Taysom Hill all you can in a weird mm. offense that's they still banged up. They kind of have this up. year. To be fair, he's been pretty consistent in terms of adding some pop. Now, he's not going to add that much pop every week, but he's added value almost every week. 10.9 yards per carry. I I look at these two teams and I think the Bengals defense is better. And that just doesn't create a route for the Saints to be a playoff team this year. They are built in a way that their defense has to be special. And of these two defenses, the Bengals are closer to being special. And uh, it's a it's a matchup of Trey Hendrickson returning back to uh, New Orleans. Joe Burrow returning back to the Superdome where he had some fun times. They, they could use Trey Hendrickson across from uh, Cameron Bell. Jordan in this game. Yeah, uh, that was the idealized version of the Taysom Hill experience. But it does show when you use him in a smart way, he can get hot. And then all of a sudden, a defense doesn't know what to do. But I thought the biggest takeaway from that game is... Alvin Kamara was making plays. I was like, oh, there he is. Yeah. That was like the 2020 Alvin Kamara, um, 194 total yards in that that juice, that kind of electricity that he has when he gets into the second and third level of a defense and he just looks like the fastest, um, quickest guy on the field. So I think that's a huge part of this. He's, to me, the Jenga piece of the offense to use a Shekism. Um, I am a little bit concerned. Where are we at on – let me check the injury report here. This Michael Thomas injury – uh, it's All of their toe. starting receivers missed practice. So not just Michael Thomas, but Jarvis Landry and Chris Olave, who's in the concussion right. protocol. So that is a major factor. But Jameis Winston did return to practice and may start this game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, here's the thing. The reason may, I highlight may. Michael Thomas, I mean, Chris Olave has been excellent this year. Jarvis Landry, we saw like in week one, we were saying, oh, what a pickup. But the guy's got to stay healthy. But Thomas was the guy that he felt like if he is back to being Michael Thomas, and he kind of looked that way in the first two weeks, that he changes their offense and what they can do. So the fact that he's potentially going to miss his third straight game and it's a, a foot injury, it's like, oh, no, not again. Just something to keep an eye on. And do you want Winston returning with none kinda, of his wide receivers I kind of like field? the Dalton slash Taysom Hill little, attack. A little bit I, think of juice that, there. That, I think the Dalton is probably a better fit for dumping passes off to Alvin Kamara than Jameis Winston who's right. just going to fly down field left and right. Especially without years. the three receivers where if you're starting Callaway and Traquan Smith, I'd, I'd rather have uh, Andy Dalton. We should also point out T. Higgins. You asked why there's no explosive plays. T. Higgins hasn't finished two of these games, and he's not practicing this week either. They're just not the same without T. Higgins. Uh, and it is, I know Zach, he, Zach Taylor gets enough heat from Greg to you know, fill up the, an entire show, but I'm just saying, part of your job, Zach, is to pop the hood on this offense and figure out why Jamar Chase isn't an explosive playmaker anymore. Maybe it is T. Higgins, but I thought he was different than that. I didn't think he needed right. a big-time number two to be unlocked. Maybe I don't I mean, know. It's is a it Super scheme? Bowl coach. Is it player? It's a Super Bowl coach who's asked weekly Small if he's going to keep calling plays. That's not a great situation. <laughs> Ow! He's like he's like oh he's like I better change my uh, polo. <laughs> Go ahead, Mark. Uh, Bucks at Steelers. Um, you know, I almost when I when I see this game in my mind, it's Oof. it's Tampa's in my offense. Mind. Oof. It's Tampa's offense that makes me say, nope, I can't do it. But there's just not a lot left here on this, on this docket. So oh. we will see. I'm watching it for Kenny Pickett. Oh. I, I think that – are you done? Yeah, go ahead. Are you finished? I think. I think. But I can't promise you. 
but I think. You let me know. I do have a mic, so I can't tell you how my body will react to some of the points. I know you cannot. Yes. I thought Pickett, I mean, I know it's been kind of a rough start statistically, but like, if anything, who got George Pickens? To, like, George oh. Pickens, two weeks in a row, has 185 <laughs> yards after having 65 in three games with Mitch Trubisky. Oh. So, I'll hand it over to you, Greg and Dan. You do your little thing now. Wait, it was a doe? I thought it was more of like, I don't oh, know what it is. You looked me you in the eyes. You seem like you and... have major issues. I do. You have major issues. Go ahead, Mark. Go on. I tried. I tried. But now I'll try even harder. Go ahead. I'm watching this for Kenny Pickett. I want to see what he can do. I think this is like the only interesting thing about the Steelers offense. And the Bucks offense, I know Tom Brady... 736 yards and four touchdowns, zero picks over two weeks. It just doesn't look it to me when I'm watching their games. It just seems like a methodical offense where they like to go 12, 13 plays, a lot of Lenny Fournette catching balls out of the backfield. And I guess it's just they're doing what they can with the injuries they have. Uh, They're getting a little healthier, but this is not a team that looks like they're going to run roughshod in January and get through anyone. Well, it it looks like that because – you know, Russell Gage is averaging seven and a half yards per catch. Yeah. Oof, uh, G- Godwin is averaging nine point something. So <laughs> it's it's not good. It's a station to station offense, and they're see I, Greg's getting it too. You don't I see know, him I know, but down. Greg's giving it half the time, so he's, it's sort of just desserts. <laughs> the Bucks running backs are dead last in yards per carry. They're thirty first in yard, and I think that explains it. Mark is yeah. that their running game is so bad that they feel like they have to just keep throwing. And Tom Brady's very good at finding who's open for seven yards. But you're right; they need more explosive plays, and their defensive backs are really banged up going into this game. Uh, I think. Murphy Bunting. I think Carlton Davis will play in this game, uh, but he was maybe out of practice. So Logan Ryan. If they're missing a bunch of players back there, I'm with you. Kenny Pickett couldn't possibly look better for a quarterback who threw three interceptions in a, ha- <laughs> in a half and then lost 38 to three. He's actually played pretty well. Like his level of play in this game and a half would have been better than every rookie's like average level of play last year, except for Mac Jones. Yeah, and Tomlin, <laughs> he, he's not going to yeah. acknowledge it because there's no reverse gears in the tank and all that stuff. But he didn't play it right. He should have had, he should have had um, his young quarterback ready for the Jets at home, and then you go into this gauntlet two weeks in a row: Buffalo, Tampa. Instead, his first start was a bloodbath up in Orchard Park, and now he gets at least a home game against the Tampa defense, though, that's been very good other than the Chiefs debacle in primetime on Sunday night a couple weeks ago. I'm looking forward to seeing Kenny Pickett as well, Mark. I just want to see him get a little bit into more fair territory because I think it's going to be tough again. Yeah, these, I mean, to start your two, right. your career against these two defenses, Can we make a play, Najee Harris? Uh, you know, first-round fantasy pick is not mm. not looking good. He had less snaps last week than, than Jalen Warren. I mean, he's had a series of injuries that we not don't hear a lot about. how about, about but he's not... Nick Chubb getting the ball a little bit more? <laughs> a few more times. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, 
elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to point game. King of the court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, yeah, because you got to think, he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on top of that. that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came to my room crying tears. (laughs) I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it? Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. It's time for the Sunday Drive presented by Toyota. Oh, this is even better. Oh, this is even better. This draft is just unfolding beautifully because I know what Greg wants. He's like, oh, this is perfect. I got the... Everybody's going to want to watch Buffalo KC. You're wrong. And my second game in the late window, I could watch Geno, but he won't because I'll be watching him against the Arizona Cardinals. (laughs) Cardinals at Seattle, two, two, and three teams, uh, but very different vibes to these teams. The Cardinals had a chance to kind of make a big statement against the Eagles, had them set up and... I don't know whatever happened with um, with uh, Downgate with Arizona because I know there was some speculation that Sunday night, but then I read I read a little bit and I didn't see any talk about there being issues in the stadium with the, with no, the there, PA there or there anything. No, there were, but I mean, C- Cliff Kingsbury took responsibility. Kyler did. Kyler also pointed fingers at everyone but himself like during that Ooh, whole game. I, I think that I think he has been doing that. And like he basically said everyone told him, you know, down it, down it, like it, it's first down. So it was just massive miscommunication, which has essentially plagued the Cardinals from A to Z all season. Right. And so here we are now. They have a chance uh, to get back to 500 against a Seahawks uh, team that obviously is getting incredible production out of the quarterback position in Geno Smith. And uh, we'll see if that continues um, through the season or if it's just a hot start. But it's even like Greggy watching the, the, the Seahawks last week. He had another big game, Geno, and it could have been even bigger if a couple things went a different way. Uh, DK didn't hold out onto one ball in the end zone. They had another long touchdown wiped away, a DK touchdown by a, a holding penalty. So he's playing at a high level right now, Geno. You can't you can't hide from it. I certainly won't. Uh, they, have, uh, they lost Rashad Penny for the year, and that hurts, but I still think they're going to score points because that's what they've done pretty much all year, especially the last couple weeks. There's nothing you could say. They're playing great. The question is, will Kyler Murray and the Arizona offense, Hollywood Brown, you have DeAndre Hopkins not quite back, but he's getting there. Everyone scores against Seattle. Can Arizona, if they can't, it's a major issue. Right. I think they can. I think getting Rondale Moore back was important because this feels like a players, not plays team. They just don't make great play calls that like get guys open. They dink and dunk. Like Geno Smith throws the ball down the field. Kyler Murray does not. Something is wrong in that equation. Uh, 
they're just such a station-to-station offense. But Hollywood Brown is so good, he makes people miss. Rondale Moore helps. Yeah, that third and 17 conversion Moore had a week ago changed that game. Isaiah Simmons was back to playing a full complement of snaps. J.J. Watt and Zach Allen have been a nice pair up front. Watt's been very active. I I really struggled to pick this game. I took the Cardinals in the... I'm starting to feel like a Seahawks fan just generally. You think? And, and they're frustrating, though. Like, just give me something to hold on to defensively. <laughs> give me something. <laughs> like, how can they need to score 38 points a week? He was... That was the best game Geno Smith has ever had in his career, and they didn't win. I mean, by far. They, he had four or five throws that were Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes type of throws. If they had made those throws, you're like, that is incredible. And they still find a way to lose. They are Against Andy Dalton and a bunch of backup wide receivers. It's every week. They're allowing nearly three points per drive. 2.96 in through five games. That is um, the third worst since the dawn of the century. It's kind of a Whoa, weird stat. That's crazy. I mean, that's hard. That's to, a good way to measure it, I that's think. Hard, I think points per drive are, and I think that's hard to do. And I, it, that's I'm with you on the Kyler Murray front. If it is not this week against this defense, then when is it and who are you? Because they have been on <laughs> non-vertical offense. Marquise who are Brown, you? Hollywood Brown are has you? worked well with Kyler, but the rest of it, it's just vertical. He, of all starting quarterbacks, would you have ever thought we'd be here in week six? And Kyler Murray would be sitting there at 5.8 yards per attempt, the lowest among any starter. And wow. it's looked that way. And the other thing for me is, if you're going to do it this week, Where do you got about, him in the index right now? Well, you know the thing is, like I think a lot of it is offense, but I have him outside the top 10 at this point. Give like, him 11. Just, that seems fair. Yeah, it was about Ooh, 11. Garoppolo at 12. Garoppolo, That's shocking to well, me. Garoppolo, to me, has played well two weeks in a row. I mean, very well. And I think that they... Don't he, question the QB index. No, that, but that's when I... Because I, I hear that. too shocking. late. I know what shocking means. Yeah, I would not have him in the top I, 20. I, I don't think... I think others would disagree with me, too. But I'm just saying, your Cardinals slow starts week after week. Last week against the Eagles, 50 yards on our first four drives. You've got to get out to a fast start against a terrible defense and show us you can do something here in Seattle. Big game for these two teams. I know it doesn't feel... Sexy, hmm. but one of these teams got to be three and three. The, the NFC is not great. I think it, it is wide open for one of these teams to be a wild card team. And wow. I, why not the Seahawks? That was the Sunday Drive presented by Toyota. Also, you know, for the what is it, the ninth overall pick in the draft that includes Geno Smith, Greg's new quote unquote favorite team, yeah. and a big game for both teams. And yet, Greg was like, no, I, this wasn't the game I was going to pick. It wasn't. So I am a, sure, I'm a sure, strategic sure. man. Bills and Chiefs are late. I'd actually rather have the dog Panthers Rams game as my game so I can still kind of keep an eye on uh, Bills Chiefs here. That, and then I can watch okay. Geno on Game Pass and really focus in and enjoy I it. I get the yeah, strategy. But you can do both. I could, but I wouldn't rewatch it on Game Pass. There's only so much time in the week, you know? So this sure. way I can really savor it. So this this Carolina-LA game, we should you shouldn't like say much on the Sunday night show because you won't really be watching I it. will be watching <laughs> it because I'm a pro. I'll do it. I'm taking Panthers, Rams. Like That's his responsibility on Sunday it is. night, it's, it's his job if he's a professional. He's basically telling us he's not going to really watch it. Do I choose to be a professional true. or a ham and egger? <laughs> I'm not like Mark who has eight screens up, but I will have two. And so those two will be on Panthers-Rams, which will get my primary focus, and Bills-Chiefs, and I'm able to watch two games. I think you could watch two. Would you disagree, But Dan? you want to be in like a bubble bath uh, at home with uh, rose petals yeah. around you watching Gino. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> All right. Because I watched them live last week at, in a two-game scenario. You know what? Most people, I would say that's ridiculous and you're lying, but I actually can picture Greg. <laughs> I could see with Greg. Yeah, with a, with like a haze of smoke in the rose bathroom. Petals, I need not steam. I need glass a of Chablis. Yeah. You know, no ne- glass of that's Chablis. That's in the next house, I guess. Some, like Kenny G. Sachs type plan. Yeah. 
Hey, this is uh, a big moment for the Rams. Not only uh, his wife's in space, Justin Tucker. (laughs) Not coming back. I mean, they. The Rams might lose my my wife, my wife, uh, and and my daughter. They won't. Uh, my Emika's loyal. Uh, I didn't Ellis kill my wife. Loyal, but man, if they lose to the Panthers and go into the bye week two and four, it goes from a you're one of the stories of the league and you're quite disappointing to this is a disaster. You are the story of the league. Yeah. I'm not sure if you're coming back. And yeah. and they're ten and a half point favorites this week, which is crazy to me. The Rams have been getting an insane amount of uh, benefit of the doubt in Vegas all year. It makes no sense. I think they get a little boost in Carolina from getting Baker out of the lineup and, more importantly, from getting a new head coach. There's usually that boost for, like, one week. Steve Wilkes is a defensive coach. That's where their talent is. And they're going up against a Rams offense who's just not trusted uh, to protect Stafford. So, to me, this game is probably a one-score game. I'm still taking the Rams, but I'm not expecting some blowout. The, it will require Carolina to score points with P.J. Walker, who I think he shows he's shown a few things in two starts. He also has eight interceptions over just 122 attempts. A lot. He's an XFL star, and I don't love the situation against a Rams defense that is still star heavy. They're 32. They're 32nd in yards per drive, 29th in points Ooh, the, per drive. The, the Panthers. The Panthers. Okay, I mean, they've yeah. been a mess. Um, I get that removing Baker is a positive theoretically, but is PJ Walker a big step up? I don't know. Like, how about be the sum of your parts? Like, you do have a couple skill position players on this offense that just simply have evaporated and gone invisible under bad quarterback play. But I mean, this also feels like a get-right game for the Rams on some level. If you can keep Matthew Stafford up, I'm watching him week after week and thinking, does. This guy survived the season. The Rams are going to win by three touchdowns. Hmm. We ha- I had Steve Weish on the uh, Power Ranking Show uh, this week, and it was excellent. Check out the podcast because uh, Steve always has so many good takes. And Steve made the point, you know, th- things are very bad. Obviously, it's an unsettled situation. The coach just got, just got fired. Sometimes you could say, oh, what about the interim coach boost, a little bump that you get the week after? But the situation with the Panthers, Wilkes is not set up to succeed or carry on beyond this season. You're now in the situation where all the other coaches, everyone's picking up the phone now, talking to their agent and checking around and looking toward the future. This is a ship that is is already sinking and is about to go under. And given mm-hmm. P.J. Walker being the quarterback now on top of the Rams desperately needing the win, and I know they're not the Rams that they were in January and February, but this is a perfect spot for L.A. to, to kick some butt, feel better about itself, and move forward. So it's even a game where... They can win 34 to 10, and you're not like, oh, the Rams are fixed because the Panthers are, they basically exist now to be a get right team. They're number 32 in the power rankings. Um, so that's what I see. I don't see a close game, Greg. And if it mm. is a close game, you're right. We are edging into boondoggle territory. Well, they're they're the heading into a bye at the very least. So if it, you I cannot lose this then. Right. You can't lose it, but as long as you pocket a win. You get into the bye, you feel better about themselves. They're still banged up on the offensive line. Brian Allen, their center, isn't practicing. Uh, I believe their guard, uh, Edwards, is still in concussion protocol. So uh, I don't I don't trust them. And Steve Wilkes is going to change up this defense. He, we didn't mention it, but he fired the defensive coordinator, Phil Snow. The Snow Did pat- he fire him? Yeah. 
I How think does that so, work exactly? Yeah. I, I think mean, he, that's pretty rough. He basically huh? said we need to make changes. Special teams assistant, too. I, I mean, they're making – I think what happens, wow. in my guess, and there wasn't reporting on this, is that he probably had a conversation. Snow's running the defense. So. Yeah. And Snow wanted to do things the way Snow wanted to do them. Wilkes is a defensive guy, and he's like – Snow's going to be Snow. This isn't Snow is work. nature. from nature. Nature so, does not be told how to – Unpredictable, and right. it does not listen to outsiders. I'm nature. I don't care if you're Snow's nature like, I could still you cash know. these checks by not working for the Panthers. I it's going to be cold no matter what. Might go ahead and do that. So you can tell me what to do or not to do. I'm going to be who I am. Right. I'm Snow. <laughs> Greg, uh, sk, 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 let's wrap this thing up. Wait, I think there's only one game we left. We got two more. We got two. Vikings and Dolphins are out there. I'm taking that. That's pretty interesting. Ooh, sorry, Graver. I was wanted, I was hoping that would fall. I'm going to ask you for your help for the uh, third uh, early game I have. I wanted to send you a, a hot one there, but you're stuck watching the AFC South that instead. Is, I'd rather yeah. watch the AFC yeah. South. Yeah, you do love the AFC South. That's Plus, right. Yeah, he has to keep Colts, up with it. He has the Colts as his last place team uh, as a go get my lunch. I, I saw. So you got to uh, you got to keep up with the neighbors. The 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 vagrants that in, are in, the in our AFC draft South. system. It's also essentially the Mister Irrelevant pick, so right. that fits. And well, the Titans play the Colts Ooh, the following week, fits. so I got to be on it. Wow. wow. Uh, plus, this is a shook game: Vikings, <laughs> Dolphins. Skylar Thompson will be starting this week. I found it very interesting that Tua is able to practice a little bit, but they know he's not going to play. That's what Coach Mike McDaniel said. But Teddy, who's not practicing, there's actually hope that he'll get out of the concussion protocol and be ready to be the backup, but they like the idea of Skylar Thompson with a week's worth of practice and what? game planning. Wait a minute. Over Teddy, who's not going to be practicing. It kind of makes sense to me, though. If if you can get this guy ready, and they really love how he operates. Apparently. Um, between the I know years. McDaniel loved him in the preseason. They a ton. loved him, right. and I think they look at it like putting him in mid-game is one thing, but if they can get him ready to play, that's better than Teddy coming off a concussion Which without Teddy practice. So here's the thing, Greggy. They... They signed a one-year, $6.5 million deal for Teddy, right? That's a little strange to me that he would not play in this game if he was ready to play. I'm not surprised by anything I'm hearing about, too. Obviously, they are in an impossible situation given the backstory there, so they're going to be extra cautious with him, um, if for no other reason, the PR game, in addition to his health. Right. but that would surprise me. But I will say this, though. Skylar Thompson played pretty well against the Jets. There were times, especially later in the game, when things started to go sideways, when he looked like a, a kid who was uh, in over his head, holding the ball too long, had the turnover on a sack fumble that essentially ended that game. But I could see a young coach like McDaniel saying, I like this guy and I want to get a longer look. It makes sense, too. Right. He wasn't afraid. Uh, you mentioned no. all the deep shots he took that he got past. You know, the ball does not come uh, flying out of his hand. I, I would say this is not a, a team full of guys with huge arms. That's not what Mike McDaniel looks for. But Skylar Thompson's a tick below Tua and Teddy for sure when it comes to arm strength. But how many points are you going to need in this game? I, I It could be a lot because the Dolphins' defense has quietly been a total disappointment and is the reason why they've lost a couple games here. They are... 30th in the league in terms of third down defense, 31st in the league in yards per drive allowed. Uh, without Xavier Howard, they are very thin at cornerback, very thin. It looks like Howard will return this week, which would be big for them. Uh, but their defense 
which you would think would cook up Kirk Cousins in a normal scenario. They've been so good at blitzing and being creative. Hasn't really had their mojo at all this year. It's been a difference for this team. And Cousins um, statistically struggles against the blitz. He struggles against man coverage. That's what the Dolphins want to do. The combo of those would make Cousins not a great draw here. But you have Justin Jefferson, and if I, it just depends. We get this version of Kirk Cousins where he goes 17 for 17 and looks like a top-five quarterback with weapons around him, and then they go totally dark into a deep nap for two quarters. It's I, like they're very yeah. streaky. I mean, I wa- that game was a little bit weird when I rewatched it. They they had a, a missed field goal, a block field goal, and then scored the touchdown to win it. So it wasn't like the, the total Cousins level no. meltdown. And but he it, was money on that final drive, yeah, too. So, he was. And then they got the big stop on defense. Minnesota is a 4-1 team that is tough to kind of trust, but they are what their record is. And I think they'll win this game as well. They're favored by three in this game. This is a tough what game. What was that, Mark? I have one question for you, on, yes. on Dan, how you view this. The Tyreek Hill ripped into the locker room and removed the ping pong table. I mean, that I to know. me is the most absurd story. Well, but that's when I knew their season was t- over. Yeah, I mean, it tells me kind of like we're searching that was, hard. I, that was my, my last comment I was going to have on this game that I think that it's over for the Dolphins when I saw oh. the headline. Well, you're also a Jets fan. But. On the heels, no, but just – Hold tight on this one. See what happens. On the heels of a two-game losing streak, this is from ESPN, team captains including Tyreek Hill, Teron Armstead, Xavier Howard, Alondon Roberts, and Javon Holland decided the Dolphins locker room needed to refocus in preparation for Sunday's game against the Minnesota Vikings, so they removed the centrally located ping-pong table from the locker room. Coach Mike McDaniel said of the announcement, he was pretty pumped about the decision. <laughs> he, That's seven the and most ten. Mike McDaniel Let's response. move. Seven and, and ten. Uh-oh. I also agree with everything you guys said. Skylar Thompson, give me a break. This Dolphins defense Ooh. against Justin Jefferson and give Dalvin Cook. I'm locking up the Vikings. But what about the ping pong table? That's got to be one of the biggest drivers for you. Oh, yeah. I mean, these guys need team chemistry. Now they don't have it. And by the way, if Tyreek mm. Hill liked ping pong, that table's not going anywhere. Of course. But he doesn't play ping pong, so I don't the table's got to go. To me, go. it sounded like this ping pong table was there- intense. The tournaments were crazy. It was taking a lot of energy. Maybe people' feelings <laughs> were getting hurt. I Crazy. I, I thought it was the massive brain injuries to all the quarterbacks, <laughs> but apparently it's the ping pong table. A parlor sport. Uh, I do. Mike McDaniel's <laughs> comment, though, was too much. He said, he talking about the removal, he said, that to me is leadership. Leadership to me is acting, not talking. Oh, that's, come on. Come on, you can't say, you, you still believe after this report? No, and to your point, I don't. I think Tyreek Hill does like ping pong, but he keeps losing in big spots and he can't take it uh, I think that's probably oh, closer to what's happening here. That. He's not that. he's not Tyreek Hill on the ping pong table, and he doesn't like that dynamic right. at all. Mike Kosecki, who's got like 100 yards this season, is crushing him in right. ping pong, so and good. he doesn't right. like it. So good. That does – I've shared this story, but I'll share it really quick because it's the <laughs> ping pong story that I'll always have in my life is that when I lived uh, in a rental house in the Hollywood Hills with my friend Bob and Jason, the voice of the show – and we had this ping pong outdoor table that we were all proud of. And we played all the time. We got really good. Our neighbor was this guy, Galen, from uh, soap operas, big soap opera star, Days of Our Lives, uh, the show with the little guy. Remember the little guy? Uh, the show with the little person? Love Boat? No, it was like a, almost like a fantasy soap opera. Uh, do not recall. No, we're not a huge viewer of daytime okay. uh, drama. Anyway, very handsome dude, our neighbor, Galen. And um, I remember him coming up the steps and – like, hey, you want to play ping pong? And I was like, all right, let's 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 do it. I was like, this guy's so handsome and basically everything you would want to be physically. 
And I'm like, well, this pretty boy, you know, I get to at least spank him in ping pong, and that'll make me feel good about myself. Guy was an unbelievable oh, no. ping pong player. Days of our lives. Days of our lives. Galen Gehrig. He was also in um, Passions, was the name of the soap opera. It was a little man who was like a wizard. Okay. Whole other thing. Anyway. And Galen used to also talk about well, how— he knew what he was doing walking up there. He oh, he did. you guys. On Days of Our Lives, I'd ask him, like, we would be working. Like, What's going on with you with work? And he'd, I'd be like, ah, bah, bah, bah. And I'd be like, how about you? He's like, oh, man, I got, I'm a twin brother now, so they, I got to learn double <laughs> the lines, and it's really tough. Then he'd just smash me in ping pong, and I'd be like, wow, this guy has it all. That would be hard to be a twin. I, so I, much I sympathize with his, um, with his stage scenario there. That's Anybody that works a little— uh, Show business talk here. Yeah. We, nice little show business interlude. People that work in soap operas, they they film and tape all the time and have to learn so much dialogue for their shooting. It's a factory so, job, essentially. A show a, show a day. Oh, I, yeah. I was once, you know, a, a tour guide at uh, NBC as a page. <laughs> and when we went by the Days of Our Lives. Pod? I like yeah, it. the Days of Our Lives set, we would always talk about how they're the hardest working people in show business. They really are. Unrecognized often. So if you if you care, reach out to Galen on social media and tell him he's a tremendous ping pong player. <laughs> the old Zeuser confirms. Uh, all right, let's close it out with Jaguars at Colts. Let's bring in the Gravedigger on this one. He's our AFC South consigliere. And... Um, you have a Jaguars team that's searching a little bit on offense. Their young quarterback is struggling. They need to start finding some consistency uh, in their attack. And now you have a, a Colts team coming off the ugly Thursday night win. A win is a win. And Jonathan Taylor, developing news, returned to practice for the Colts on Thursday. Huge development. You assume now if he's practicing in a limited fashion on Thursday – Without a setback, he will be back in the lineup. We'll see if that ankle holds up, but that's a huge thing. He has, he was big in week one. He looked like last year's Jonathan Taylor in week one. Uh, but since, he's been stymied with the rest of that attack. According to NFL research, his last two games are the two lowest yards per carry games of his career. So something not working with the Colts offense. And Ryan Kelly didn't practice on Wednesday. Not sure if he was back today, but that's also a huge loss. Their center... Shaquille Leonard still dealing with a concussion. Quiddy Pay not practicing. And the Colts always struggle against Jacksonville. So both of these teams coming off games where they didn't very play very well. I wonder how this matchup, AFC South, well, the Colts, matchup the Colts won together. the game. The Colts were they fired did, up. There was a weirdly terrible. There's a weirdly sad video of Matt Ryan going through the hallway in Denver. Uh, after the game, kind of that, like, we just won the game thing and the, everyone's fired up. And it wasn't Matt Ryan who said it, but at some point, some Colt is run, w- running down the hallway and he goes, 2-2-1, two, two and one, baby! <laughs> and there was something about the and one that just is sad. Like, 2-2, yeah. two, two, first of all, you're a, you figured you'd be better than 2-2. 2-2-1, two, two, right. two, two and one, baby! Go hang right. your banner off That's that. a rough one. That's a toughie. <laughs> their defense is playing well was kind of my point. I know they just got to play Denver, but their defense... I would say is a better than average defense that has a good pass rush and should absolutely feel like they can stifle a Jaguars offense, which has been pretty limited. It doesn't win a lot on the outside right now. And Trevor Lawrence doesn't exactly shoot straight. He's not playing poorly, but he just doesn't throw it where he aims it. Right. That's a lot been of my overthrows. Yeah. That's been High my throws. issue with him. And, and uh Gravedigger, I'm curious what you think. Cause the Colts are not no strangers to poor starts and then getting hot October, November into December. Do you think that's something to keep an eye on? Do you think the Colts will? Because this would be a good put-it-together game for the Colts. This would be in past, pro, you know, here we are now, week six, mid-October. You get the Jags at, uh, in your building. Maybe you start 
to get on track. This would make sense. If they stink again, you're starting to get to a level where there's enough mounting evidence where maybe they're just bad, which I'm open to that as a possibility. I'm curious what you think. I do think this is going to be a typical Colts get better as the season goes along type of year, and, and this could be a great place to start. But I also wonder how long Matt Ryan survives behind this offensive line because he's taken so many shots. But I don't necessarily think it would be bad for the Colts if Nick Foles was inserted as a starter. He has a, a well, history with Frank they're Reich. They're not going to do that. They're not going to do it if Matt Ryan stays healthy. But if one of these hits knocks him out of a game, and then Nick Foles plays well, he's been very durable in his career, Ryan. He has. He takes true. a beating. You know, he's getting older now, obviously. But uh, it's fair. It's a good point. I, he looked lost in that game. He's looked lost all season. That's a great point, Justin. I mean, they lost twenty-four nothing to the Jaguars, who of twenty-one sacks that Ryan's taken, five of them happened that day. That was a beatdown. I think Michael Pitton was not in the lineup that that afternoon. But they have not fared well against the Jaguars, who I think have a pretty good defense and can take advantage of a totally messy, discombobulated Colts line. 46.2% of Ryan's throws are going be just, just to the sticks or behind. Like they're not, they are, it's the highest rate in the league. They're a backwards horizontal offense that to me, unless you get, unless Jonathan Taylor is going to be the right version of Jonathan Taylor, I don't like the situation at all. And I, there's four or five hits a game where Matt Ryan looks like Brad Pitt and meet Joe Black when he gets hit by the car in the middle of the road. <laughs> Bad CGI. Right. Yeah. Uh, the, Unnecessary. The, it's I, like from 1998 or something. He didn't need to be hit by two cars. And bounce up comically like right. really high but in the even, air. Even now, you remember the scene and exactly what happened because right. of the way that they work a story. Is it a famous scene or is it an infamous scene? I think that's an important distinction. I mean, otherwise I that movie famous. would have been totally forgotten because it was terrible. No, it wasn't. Is this the first, Anthony Hopkins pretty good oh, in the movie. So this is the bad. first rematch of the season because these teams played in week one. Now they already play again in week, week six. Week two, right? Yeah. Or week two. Uh, yeah, week two. Um, I wonder if the... Claire Florani? Florani. She vanished oh, off the scene. She was spicy. Small rats. I wonder if the Colts defense does anything different in this game because last game they played like a very shelly backup, don't let anything good over the top of you, and Lawrence just like decisively diced them up, short, quick passes the whole game, and it worked for a 24 nothing. Win, so be, a little little more games. be a little more aggressive. Yeah. Gil- Gilmore's playing well. This is a huge game for Frank Reich. I know it's only week six. You can come back from it, but if, you, if you lose to the Jaguars in week 17 last year in a game that rocked your franchise, then you got shut out against the Jaguars in week two, and then you lose this game at home. Uh, somehow they're favored in this game. I'm picking the Jaguars. <laughs> uh, you lose this game at home again? It's getting late early for this whole thing yeah. it, with an offensive line that makes more money than just about any offensive line in the league and that they're the number one problem. Taylor's so important. If he's healthy or close to healthy, I think the Colts will begin to get back on the right track. I'm not ready to say the Colts are one Maybe. of the worst teams in the league, but it's we'll see. I think we're going to learn, like you're saying, I think, Greg, we're going to learn a lot about both of these teams I'm with you. in this game. Uh, Claire Forlani, very spicy. Also, before we say goodbye, the lock of the week standings. Let's check in on those. Zeuser still ahead at four and one. Greggy, Gravedigger, and the West Brothers. Are Greg and Gravedigger three and two. West Brothers are two and three, and Mark at three and two. I don't th- again with the order of this, but I'm not. Oh, that's not, a, so you're you're actually you have more wins than the West Bros. Bros, but you're listed what, behind them. Why was Mark at the bottom of the standings? What are we, do, what are we doing victories? here from a production angle? Uh, this was in no particular order thing. We just threw the lock standings up. I don't know. I know that's not true. You're very, you, you all, seem I very see concerned you with the order, it. and it's just that was just a board with the standings. I'm it's, behind a conglomerate, a disorganized conglomerate of brothers. <laughs> Wait, let me see that shot again of Justin. I, 
the I just saw Christy Stapleton wave her arm like she's saying taking responsibility. Is that what happened? Okay. So oh. Chris, Christy's just saying hi. Christy and Jack and Drew and I all came together to create the graphic, and I think it's a great graphic. So many people I'm logging one every uh, bit of this into the mind. All right. Um, that is it for the week six preview show, Friday fun show. Uh, tomorrow, where we recap uh, Thursday Night Football, Commanders at Bears, have some fun along the way. And then Sunday, we will recap every game we just previewed. And I just remembered now, Galen had this spin that he could hit the ball with. Some English. He put some English on it, yeah. and that was it was a wrap. You know, I'd be going one way, and then here comes the spin, flying back the other way. When he, when he whipped you, did you decide, I want to keep playing this guy over and over? Do we something not available uh, when the game was happening, the, the rematch scenarios? Uh, no, it was kind of a wrap after yeah, that. I said, I that can't situation. take my, the ego is already taking get a bashing here. right now. Yeah. Go back to your beautiful house and your perfect family, Galen. All right. Good stuff. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Putting up with our shenanigans. Until Friday and then Sunday. Remember what you got to do. Heed the call. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.